So I would like to continue a bit with uh, Tara Brach and uh, the practice of self-inquiry. So she writes, to practice self-inquiry, we quiet the mind. So that's the first. Also we quiet the mind. And uh, of course self-inquiry is also possible when the mind is uh, agitated, but we as, for us as beginners it's, it's uh, easier when the mind quiets down. And to quiet the mind you have two options. Either you cultivate stable attention with an object or you allow the mind to settle through the practice of open choiceless awareness. So open choiceless awareness the image is uh, a glass of water with, uh, with mud inside. Yeah? So you stir, and that's how often our, the state of our mind is. So it's, uh, the mud is stirred. So in the practice of open choices and awareness, all you do is you put the glass down and you wait, and the mind settles by itself and you don't manipulate. It's a non-interfering practice. Uh, it's, you know, the practice of open, uh, it's also called shamatha without object. It's usually not being taught, taught in the beginning. So usually when you get instructions in the different traditions, they always start with the practice of uh, cultivating stable attention, with an object. <coughs> so you can play around a bit. At one point, uh, you need to address the theme of dullness, particularly in the practice of open choiceless awareness. Yeah, so dullness is very seductive because it feels like there's peaceful peace and not much happens. There's a pleasantness in dullness. So this topic of how can you increase the, the how can you energize the mind? How can you bring vividness and vitality into the mind? So, but, you know, we don't, don't, don't uh, rush. You know? This is, you know, Play around, like you said yesterday, like play around and be curious and have fun with it as much as possible. Uh, so there is the, the becoming aware of the thinking and, and learning how through uh, uh, opening the mind into peripheral awareness and increasing the sensory clarity, how you can vitalize the mind and keep it more vivid and <coughs> more in love, more, more curious uh, with something which can appear quite boring to the mind, the breath, you know, it's like, I'd rather watch a movie than watch my breath, you know? <laughs> um, but it is, uh, it is, the breath has the potential and play around with it again, like try to feel the breath in your hand and your feet. 
become aware of the of the chi of the of the prana of the lung. The lung is the Tibetan word in your body, which actually moves uh, with the breath. And you can well, in the initially you might feel the movement of the breath only there where there is like body movements, but at one point you can become aware of how there are subtle movements throughout the body with the breath. So this is like you dive into into this with with the playfulness and the curiosity of of um, of a child, but don't push, don't force. Yeah. So tseva is the most important friendliness, loving kindness. Return to that. So sometimes we go into the other extreme. Our mind becomes too energized, too vivid. We become too serious, too tense. We, we, we are too much a goody-goody boy, goody-goody girl. And everything becomes so, you know, so like, and, um, and our system goes into an imbalance. We don't relax. We don't, you know, we don't go to the forest to smoke a cigarette because it's bad. You know? So, uh, So, you know, sometimes you know, Buddhism is sometimes called the middle way, and it, in, on the deepest level, it refers to this uh, groundlessness where you, uh, where you uh, relax into a place without perspective, without opinions. But uh, you can also apply it to this kind of finding the balance, not to tight, not to loose. <coughs> Yeah. Not not too uh, not too sloppy, but also not too serious. Yeah. Well, this is quite a quite a interesting journey to find out. How can you, you know what is your way to go into the? Maybe you don't like smoking. Yeah. But uh, it would be good if you would, because then you could just go off and smoke a cigarette in the breaks. Yeah. But what is your version of smoking, going into the woods and smoking a cigarette? Yeah, so it's like uh, don't be so good. Be go wild. <laughs> I mean, at, at least in you know, at least in your in your imagination. Yeah, but also in a retreat have have islands for yourself where you think, wow, this is all bullshit. Mm. I'm just here swimming or what I know I'm in the sauna or you know, secretly you, you read a comic, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and all the goody goody boys, you know, they, they read the Buddhist books and you know they are bored, but you know it's the right thing to do. <laughs> and you uh, you have the cover, you know? And but inside is a comic. So finding this, uh, finding the finding the right balance with with playfulness. <coughs> so that's important. Um,
sometimes uh, uh, there is uh, a tendency in us to uh, try to push through through extraordinary experiences. So this would be kind of people who, in the break, sits sit there for hours doing pranayama, and and you know it's like sometimes the spiritual path becomes this kind of uh, this I you know it's like the the intensity junkies, you know, kind of uh, yeah wanting to break through, wanting to have special experience, extraordinary experiences. Uh, and uh, pushing uh, to uh, to that, you know, going into that that extreme. Uh, so if you, I have not seen it here, but um, uh, if you have this tendency, then uh, so the Buddhist path is more. Uh, you know, we are looking more for a healthy healthy development of stages, which we then can integrate into our relationships and into our daily life. Our practice should uh, should make us more <coughs> stable and more able to relate to others and work together and be in teams and in relationships, rather than having an amazing oneness experience which you then can't bring into, into your daily life. So take it easy, you know, we are just, you know, people, you know, and, uh, and yeah, uh, just normal people, just like everyone else. So that's the first, you know, so quiet the mind but in, a, in, a, in a balanced way, the middle path, the middle way, the middle way. Yeah. Maybe we need some more. Yeah, yeah, yes, that's a good idea. Maybe you can open that uh, curtain so that the air can come from that place. Ah, so it's, it's closed? No, the window is open, yeah. Uh, so to uh, to put some you know, to put some intention and some curiosity into this uh, into cultivating stable attention is really worth it and uh, you know you, you might encounter obstacles there like you know because you know our mind li- likes to uh, slide into dullness or slide into distractions so it's 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 worth to uh, to kind of feed this intention a bit, uh, so that we we become we, we cultivate uh, uh, the motivation to to work a bit on stable attention in a balanced way. So then we quiet the mind and then ask, who am I? Or who is aware right now? Or who is listening? So this is uh, this is this inquiry question. Uh, sometimes I, I rather like to ask what, because 
when you ask who, it kind of might direct your mind into finding the person or finding the I. Yeah. So if you ask what, then that might might make the field a bit bigger where you look because you are not looking for the person or the I, but you become interested into uh, what is it, what is that which is aware. It is the I which is aware. This is actually what we mean when we say I. But um, it's not a person, it's not a who. So who is who or what is aware right now? Who or what is listening? Then we look gently back into awareness to see what's true. We look gently back into awareness. So this is uh, this is in the Dzogchen tradition. They say uh, so. This is the meditation with objects, so you pay attention to the content of your experience, but now you, you look gently back into awareness, so you turn attention back to itself. Yeah? So the, the, that which illuminates the objects, yeah? so it's like you turn and it's like rolling your eyes back, so you roll your eyes back and then I mean not literally yeah <laughs> and then you relax yeah, so th- this is this is also this is an important so it's not only this movement the m- turning attention back but then it is like this Ultimately, we we find that there is no way for the mind to answer these questions. So this is important. We are not looking for an answer. The question is meant to make you curious. To you know, it's not meant. This question is not meant for you to find an answer because not finding the answer is the answer. But it, it, the question makes you makes you look in a certain way. There is no thing to actually see or feel. So there is no there is no thing. There is nothing. There is no thing to actually see or feel. So if you have an answer, if you see or feel something, that's not it. So if you see or feel something and this might be something pleasant or unpleasant, it does not matter, then you have to ask the question again, then you have to step backward again. Then you, are, then you ask again, okay, what is the way of this? Yeah, so maybe you have an ex- yeah, I got it, I know what it is. <coughs> Who or what is the way of that? Yeah. Uncertainty about life that uh, we never know. It's a not knowing, yeah. Yes. Only that we will die, we will know. Yeah. 
you don't see anything because you are the light. So you are, you are that what you are looking for. So, so, so the the shift happens when when you initially or okay you ask the question and so what is awareness? What is the light? And and you look and 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 you don't see anything, yeah, because you are it. So then there's this shift of I am the light. I am what I'm seeking. I'm already it. That's why I can't find it. Because I am it. I'm I'm looking from the light. And I is already gone then. Looking happens from the eye. From the light. <laughs> Looking happens from the light. And I am the light. So, this is a possibility to get a sense of what, when, peop- when teachers say resting as awareness, yeah, resting as awareness. This is this shift where you experience that you are the light. So then the three, uh, these three qualities, very shortly, just to repeat them. The discovery of no thing, of nothing, yeah? so this this awareness is not a thing which we discover according to Tibetan Buddhist teachings it's the supreme seeing yeah? it's called the supreme seeing the seeing the, the not finding the, 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 the dissolving into that nothingness which is everything yeah? so this, nothing, this nothingness is everything is called the supreme seeing it reveals the first basic quality of awareness, emptiness or openness. Awareness is devoid of any form, of any center. Yeah, so this is the centerlessness. Centerlessness. Groundlessness. Uh, so you can maybe feel, you know, groundlessness. There is a kind of instinct in us to keep a central position. So it's like we 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 need we we have a sense that we need a a ground to stand on. We need to know who we are, even if it's a shitty place. At least I know who I am. So there is this this tendency within us to 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 uh, to counteract uh, this uh, 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 this process of uh, deep connection so there will be resistance there so awareness is devoid of any form of any center or boundary so that's the boundarylessness yeah 
So this is also then when you know, the centerlessness is the experience there's nothing to defend here. The boundarylessness is the experience that you are deep, deeply connected with everything. So both, you know, so the centerlessness and the boundarylessness is, uh, will give birth to seva. Because the only thing which makes sense then is to be kind. That's, that's the, the, the only response which makes sense. A deep care. And that is, of course, also something which makes us reluctant because it means we need to change our life. It, it, needs, it, it means it comes with a responsibility, what, what His Holiness called universal responsibility, not as a burden. If it is a burden, then... Uh, no, it becomes a burden when we still cling to uh, a center. And it becomes a burden when we still cling that there's a real solid world out there. What you, you said, centerlessness, nothing to defend, boundlessness. It's the connection. Connection. The, the deep connection with everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you experience how you are... No, there is this image of Indra's net, yeah. So, uh, which is this image of a, a, a net of countless jewels, which are all connected with each other, and in each jewel, all the other jewels are reflected. So, why well, you know they, yeah. So that's that's one traditional image of this uh, interconnectedness with everything. So, it is devoid of any center or boundary of any owner. Yeah? Of any owner. There's, there's nobody there owning awareness. So, this, this, is, this makes it difficult to talk about this. Like when you say, I am awareness. Yeah? So, this I is, is gone. Yeah? There is... You know, so when we say, I am awareness, this could rather indicate uh, inflation. You know? Because like, you know, before the I was this little separate I, and now the I is very happy that it is everything. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I, I, I'm everything. I'm God, you know, like, uh, which is true, yeah. Uh, but um, it's it's difficult. No, when we say when, when we when we use the word I, there is this I. It's not like I. No, like when the Buddha says I, it's like I. When we say I, it's like I. Mm -hmm. And then when we say I am everything, you know that's that's inflation. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you know uh, Jung uh, thought you know this is not going to work for Westerners, because that's what uh, that's what exactly that's what we are going to do. Yeah, mm -hmm. this uh, inflation. Uh, so 
the narcissistic I will claim spiritual experiences. No, I, think I, it, I think it's very helpful with the, um, I, I was reading Trumpha Rinpoche's uh, spiritual materialism. Mm. He, he really dwells deep in yes. the subject. Yeah, yes. Mm. It's good because it's easy to yes. go there. Yeah, of course we do it. I mean, it's like we, you know, uh, the 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 narcissistic the narcissistic structure will try to claim spiritual insights, and and then we will have this tendency to post them on Facebook and write a book about it, or you know, feeling 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 uh, feeling that we got somewhere, and uh, so like looking down upon others, feeling more developed. Uh, no, this are this is something to be aware of, and it's it's not the question if it's happening; it's a question when and where, and and to be humorous about it and kind and uh, yes, it's it's what we do. No, it's you can you can observe how you talk about experiences, yeah. So or how how like excited you get when when you have a special dream or something like that, or. So there's this kind of um, uh, claiming, but but the 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 mini me does not have spiritual experiences. It's not possible. It's <laughs> they happen, yes, uh, but they happen to nobody. So that is. Um, so of any owner or inherent self, so there's no core there, or of any solidity. So that's uh, what awareness is devoid of, and that's called emptiness. Then the second uh, characteristic, it reveals that while empty, awareness is alive with wakefulness, a luminosity of continual knowing. A luminosity of continu continual knowing. So that it's the knowingness, yeah, the, the 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 potential to know things, and this knowingness is effortless, and it's unbroken. It's an unbroken continuum. So this morning, when you opened your eyes, you didn't need to put on a switch like, okay, so now I switch on awareness. Now I switch on the awareness. No, opening the eyes and the world appeared effortlessly in the knowingness which was already there. And it, and it was there five minutes before you opened your eyes. And yeah, so until last night. And go further and further, there was always this knowingness. And... Uh, the same is true. We, are, we, are, we don't know what is going to happen tomorrow. We have no clue. We don't know where we, where we will be. But there will be the knowingness. That will be there. So Rumi puts it this way. You are gazing at the light with its own ageless eyes. 
think about it. <laughs> you, are, you are gazing at the light with its own ageless eyes. Uh, so I use the, the this image of the gap, yeah. So this is Sam, yeah. and we are looking for the gap. I think we all have a kind of sense what is meant with the gap. So that is the 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 luminous knowing context within which Sam is moving, yeah, timeless transpersonal, boundaryless, centerless. So, so we're looking for this gap. But w with what are we looking into the gap? What is, what is it what is looking there? Mm -hmm. It's the same. Mm -hmm. Only the gap can see the gap. This can never see the gap. This will never see the gap. It will not understand the gap. It will not. Uh, it will not see it. It can't see. The only thing which can see is the gap. So, in the traditionally, you would say only Rigpa can know Rigpa. So this is what what Rumi means. You're gazing at the light. The light. It's called. He uses light for this, what you see in the gap, because there is a luminosity. So, and you're gazing at that with its own ageless eyes. You're gazing at that with itself, because that's the only thing which you can gaze with. So the good news is, this has already happened. Rigpa already knows itself. Yes. Isn't that true for all the perceptions? Everything you are aware of, it's not. It's the awareness that is aware. Yes. Nothing else. Nothing else. Yes. So everything I experience is awareness that experiences. Yes. 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 So it's even simpler. Yeah. Yes. It is. Yeah. All living things are this same. Yes, yeah. That's why we say that uh, bugs are people. Because they have this, what she now called awareness. Um, Can you really draw the line? Plants, trees, I mean, what is. Um, so when I talk like this, when I say Sam and this is Rigpa, then this is still a dualistic view. So uh, this is actually radiation of Rigpa. In Tibetan it's called Tsal. So this is actually the Tsal of Rigpa. It's in the nature of Rigpa. So in that way you 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 can't draw a line because there's only Rigpa and the Tsar of Rigpa. That's all there is. Mm -hmm. 
so when we when we use this is more using the image of the the sky and the clouds yeah so and there's still sometimes a sense when we are on that level of practice that we re need to remove this you know as if you know it's sometimes when we are on this level of practice we have a sense i need to break through to something else because this is not it you know like this is like there is something behind yeah. uh, there is something behind the dullness there is something behind the anger something uh, something i need to break through to or something first i need to calm down this and then rigpa will reveal itself yeah but this is a provisional uh, step helpful but provisional so when we when we you know, this is the, the moment of ignorance is when when the radiance the tsal of rigpa is not recognized at, as its radiance but as something else so that's where the dualistic split happens yeah that's where that's where suddenly you have two and you identify with one and then there's the other and then grasping and 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 rejecting happens so a buddha recognizes that which appears in in awareness as the radiance of rigpa the tsal of rigpa uh, the the image they use in the in the Dzogchen tradition is they don't use the 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 clouds and the sky because it's dualistic so what they use is they use the sun and the sun rays so there's rigpa that's the sun and then there's the sun rays so the sun rays is all this thoughts feelings sensations what you see that's the sun rays yeah so ignorance arises in the moment where the sun rays are not recognized as the radiance of the sun so then uh, then the, then there is a dualistic split and you fall out of heaven you start to grasp you start to defend and it's based on the ignorance ignorance which is not recognizing the sun rays as the radiance of the sun so this is of course uh, for someone who lives uh, strongly in the materialistic worldview the materialistic worldview which says there is a world out there a real independent objective world out there it's difficult to uh, to switch that yeah because it's so ingrained in our break sense of being here that there is a world out there which is made of matter even if we don't uh, would say yeah i'm a materialist yeah probably nobody would say it but uh, this is a sense we have that we are physical beings moving through a physical universe and that we are somehow attached to this uh, to this body 
we live in this body or we are this body and uh, that we move through a, through a world which exists independently out there. It's, it's very strong. So if you really cling to that and you try to defend it, I think you need to take some LSD. <laughs> just once, yeah? To just once, like just, just to, uh, to start to have doubts uh, uh, of, uh, no, and the, the doubt, to nurture this doubt of this uh, Newton's worldview. I don't want to take LSD, but yeah. what is this? What did you say? It's a good question. So uh, uh, that's what we explore. And so in meditation, so we explore uh, our experience. We rely on our own insights, our own experience, but without relying on books. But it's to direct experience, to, to direct looking. Yeah. I mean, I could now say, okay, this is the Tzal of Rigpa. An image in the mind. Uh, yes. An image in the mind. But... Uh, that's something you need to find yourself through investigation, through, through looking. But in the middle way, I mean, it's, it's not going into nihilism. Uh, it's, not, not, it's not going into... No, uh, to say that it is an image in the mind is not to say it does, ex it does not it exist. Does not exist yeah. How does it exist as an image of the mind? Yeah. And it, it works, mm. and it creates, uh, and it creates illusionary, illusory uh, pain and struggle. It, it so. Uh, yes, there's uh, images in the mind of bills, uh, which you have to pay. Mm. How, with make up made up money, <laughs> with the idea of money. That's how you have to pay your bills. And if you don't do it, you will have illusionary problems. And the, tax, <laughs> the illusionary tax office will, become up, will get after you. <laughs> and they will put you into an illusionary prison. <laughs> and it's all shit we make up. Mm -hmm. And then we make other shit up to get rid of that shit. So this is important, uh, but, but because we are uh, stuck in this materialistic worldview, when someone says, "Oh, uh, this is this is ex exists merely labeled by mind, it exists merely as projection," what we hear, it does not exist, because the only way we think think things can exist is through through solid. Uh, at atomic real existence that's how things exist 
So if at one point in this investigation we fall into, uh, yeah, nothing matters, why should I do good, uh, um, then, uh, then, then we have fallen into the extreme of nihilism. So the response to uh, discovering the, the rainbow-like nature of our experience uh, is uh, care and kindness, connectedness, hope, giving your best, uh, taking care of yourself. Yeah. So that's the response. The, the key is in the dualism, in, in a way. It, it prevents uh, fanaticism, the dualistic view. The, what does it prevent? Uh, fanaticism, uh, extremism. Uh, can, can you say it again? Or the, the dualistic view, the middle way, prevents fanaticism. No, the dualistic view is uh, is this uh, the dualistic view is the split between I and the other, mm. and from there, uh, fundamentalism can arise mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because we we defend we 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 seek um, security in 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 needing to be right, mm. having the truth. Uh, so that's, so the, the, the key is to uh, deconstruct the dualism. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Through, so through the, uh, through the experience of the twofold emptiness, so that there's neither a solid, uh, independent, real I here, and there's also not a solid, real, independent world, objective world out there. Mm -hmm. So that's that's called the twofold emptiness. So the experience of the twofold emptiness is not the experience of nothing exists. So it does not devalue experience. For me, I found it like both um, construct the uh, mini-me by itself to see through it. And then by investigating, then we also strengthen the minimi because we see our patterns, our thoughts, and like it seems like there are two ways both to strengthen the minimi and we also construct it to see through it. Mm. But when you see the uh, when you see that there's a lot of processes happening here all the time, yeah, yeah. there's conditioning, there's patterns. It's this different personalities. So this can actually support you in the inside. Well, there is no control center in it. All that there is here is an open process, which actually 
you can't find the boundaries of. Yeah, I mean, there's no boss. In it. Yes, there's no boss in it. Mm. There's uh, there's <coughs> processes happening. Yeah, so like uh, Deepa Ma, you know, in, with the automatic teller machine. No, there's just this process happening. And then, and then we start to take, uh, then we take the screwdriver and we take apart this out of this machine. Yeah, so we take it and we. So the mind and the body, so we take it apart with the expectation that there is someone behind the process, someone who is in control, someone who is the victim. So, but then when we take apart the process, we've, we, uh, to our amazement, there, nev- there, there was no prisoner. There was never ever someone behind. Yeah. Uh, but you can strengthen the uh, the sense of the mini eye by talking uh, about these processes in a certain way, yeah. Like, let's say you explore the process of fear. So, if you say, "I I have fear. I am fear. I am the one who is fearful. I always had fear." And I will be have fear, and so in that way, you 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 identify uh, and you strengthen the sense of the owner, and you identify with this one process. So this one process gets to carry the I had, yeah. So and and then and because then this one process carries the I had, like I'm depressed. So then the other processes which are also happening at the same time. They don't emerge into consciousness. They they do their jobs and they, they also make decisions and things like this. But you are not aware of them because the I am depressed that is carrying the I had, and that's where the identification is. Yeah. So better it would be would it would be better to say fear is arising, sadness is arising, sadness is happening. It's a process. So, language can sometimes help us uh, to um, uh, to support a sense that as feelings are arising, but it's not that I have fear or I am depressed. <coughs> Depression is happening as one of the many processes which are happening right now in on in 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 the mind. Actually. It's not good to use the mind, uh, the word mind. It's more. It's better to say mind systems or mind pr- mind processes. There is not this one mind. There's, there is this things happening all the time. You know? The little boy, the little girl, the you know all this personality aspects and processes and. Um, you know, the, the subconscious mind is busy all the time and it, it, it consists of many independent processes who process different things at the same time. It's not the mind, it's... Uh, no. uh, in the Buddhist psychology they talk about 51 mental factors, but this is also just, you know, a made-up list. 
you, you could also say uh, uh, 8,000 mental, um, uh, mental factors, you know? And there are more. There are more than 8,000 mental factors. Yeah. The first retreat I did with you was in Grobo. Mm. It was concentrated on mindfulness. And the, there was no boundaries between the skin and the air mm. or the, the, the ear and the yes. I heard. Yeah. That was very helpful. Yeah, yes. The whole week we did that. So. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> And then after you needed three months to recover from that. <laughs> 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 no, it was. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. So let's uh, sit quietly just to settle a bit and then we do some uh, walking meditation. So, you know, after reflecting like this and being in dialogue of course your energy changes so now it's not about trying to kind of put the lid on it and, and, and calming down but um, just acknowledging noticing embracing just being with it Shift your curiosity a bit into the body. gentle way uh, bring your breath or other sensations in your body to a bit into the foreground pleasant or unpleasant sensations one way to extend uh, your sense of awareness to spread your awareness is to listen so if you for a few moments for a few minutes just uh, bring the hearing into the foreground out into the surroundings with your hearing.
of the mental image of the body. So you notice uh, how your sense of localization is uh, happening through a mental image. And the mental image is, of course, something in the mind. That's the only place where a mental image can be. Also, the sense of touch yeah, is uh, an appearance in awareness. It's, it's, it's an experience in consciousness, made from consciousness. if you listen so the birds are they inside or outside of you the hearing of the birds where is that happening inside or outside of you Uh, the, the singing of the bird is it, is it happening in a different place than your thoughts Of course, you might have the idea that the hearing is some, somehow happening in the brain or something like that. But that's all stories and ideas. So here we are looking uh, into our experience freshly, like, like a child, without reading a book about consciousness and brain and stuff like this. We, we rely on our own experience directly. So there's a plane that's coming. Where's that happening? Inside, outside?
let go of the mental image of the body or stay with the experience Uh, this voice which we hear right now is it inside or outside where is it happening the hearing Tibetan tradition they often say this is like a dream so like in a dream where we project a whole universe and also we project a sense of I and then we believe in it and we get actually afraid of shit we make up in a dream So similar here now. Is there anything which you experience right now which is not experienced within mind, within consciousness? Just look around, scan your field of experience. Is there anything you experience outside of consciousness? Have you ever experienced something outside of consciousness? you experience the, the bird this voice but also your feelings your mood what is it made of what's the stuff from which it is made
So maybe you get a bit of a sense what is meant with boundarylessness. If you're sitting with closed eyes and so when you open your eyes then notice that it is easy to fall into the dualistic split again. It easily appears as if there as if you are looking at an independent world out there which exists from its own side, waiting out there for do, for 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 being for to be discovered, waiting out there for for being seen. So the, the Buddha does not say there is no outside world. So then we would have, uh, then we would fall into an extreme. So again, this question is the plane happening inside or outside is not a question you can answer. It happens neither inside nor outside. It's happening inside and outside. There's neither an inside nor is there an outside. So what then? Is it dependent arising? What talking about? The mind and the object? <coughs> About it. No, I talked about that there's neither an inside noise than an outside. So what then? Is, is it that, that way? Is it, it's the useful to sit with open eyes. <laughs> <laughs> is it because of that it's useful to sit with open eyes when you meditate? Uh, <laughs> 
Now I need to switch. <laughs> <laughs> it's also uh, from the Mayana point of view, uh, as Bodhisattva babies, we want to stay engaged with the world. So, the the in the Theravada tradition, there is this uh, kind of I you know finding finding liberation for yourself. So you, you kind of you renounce the world. In the Mayana tradition, the Bodhisattva wants to engage the world and and be in the world without without taking it too serious. So um, I was laughing because um, you know, the, this, when the Buddha says there is neither a self nor is there not a self, this is, uh, this is um, it, it's supposed to be an atomic bomb for the conceptual mind. So, and then when I say it, you start to ask these questions. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, that's the conceptual mind trying to interpret what I'm saying, trying to make sense of what I'm saying, trying to co- compare it with, some, with something else someone else has said. Ah, he means this. Yeah, yeah. This is also what this person said. Yeah, no, this is not so good to say it like this. Or, you know, so it's like, yeah, it's like, uh, uh, so that's uh, funny. Yeah, so that's why uh, that's why I laughed. Yeah? So I say this profound thing, which is supposed to, <laughs> to quiet. Yeah, it's like to pose to like ah. <laughs> but is it like immediately there is this? Hey, yeah, but you know. <laughs> and it always happens. It always happens. Okay, so let's uh, relax a bit uh, with the walking, grounding ourselves and...